live from Salt Lake City. This is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm your host, Sean McCraney, sitting here with my dear friend, uh, Steve Utley, and we're going to be talking to Steve in a moment. We're going to have some discussion about a few things first. Sam, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Lord, we, uh, Steve and I and the rest of the audience here, we, we pray and put our hearts and send our voices to you and, and just ask you to be with us. And help us to always be cognizant of your presence in our lives and never to let the darkness tell us that uh, you aren't mindful of us because we know that, that you love us and you care for us and like you do all your creations. And so help us to always be cognizant of that. Send your spirit to be with Steve as he uh, tries to explain his journey thus far on this earth with you and help our volunteers and people who uh, help to get the program off the ground and bless people who are seeking that you will be able to reach them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before we get to uh, Steve, a couple of things. Apparently, the world is going to end. It's going to happen this Saturday. We've got four, we've got four days to live, folks. Four days, praise, <laughs> praise God, he says. <laughs> four days till doomsday. You know what blows my mind about this stuff? I'm sorry, I... I have been exposed to a, a bit, barely, but a little bit of social media is, first of all, I'm sorry, but it is, uh, it's, it's unbiblical. It's just unbiblical. And no one seems to get that except for preterists. Secondly, it's totally accepted in the church today as, as if it were the most biblical thing that's in there. And, and thirdly, people love it. Believers, they want it to happen, and they, they seem to be gloating about being part of the group that sees it happening. You know, uh, how sick is this? How self-serving is it to want something to come down and destroy? Because, and you're just gloating in the idea that you can see it and everyone's just a smiley faces, here it comes, you know, and, and there's going to be such utter destruction the way they say it's going to happen. And I, does it, do any of you have grandchildren? Do any of you have children who don't know the Lord yet? I mean, do you have neighbors who you care about who are going to, according to you, not only be wiped out, but burn in hell forever at this? And Christians are hoping it comes I have never understood it. Never. It does not make sense to me. Why we wouldn't be praying, be like Abraham and, and Lot. Remember Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah? Lord, wait. Don't do it. You know, how about if there's this many? How about if there's this many left? Instead, today, the Christians are just foaming at the mouth for him to come back and wipe it out. And they love being on that boat that can say, we're ready. Are you watching? It's a coming. I, I, I just don't get it. I guarantee you, though, the opposite will happen, and that is he's not coming, and the world is not ending this Saturday. We will meet at campus on Sunday. We will be here, and we will be studying the Scripture together like we have been doing for 2,000 years, and we will continue to do. Does this mean we won't wipe ourselves out because we're sinful and our depredations and our evil? We could, and, you know, things are so haywire. I get seen like we are really going down, but... It's not going to be because God's coming to wipe us out again. He wiped that out. Secondly, last week we had a great time. We talked with a dear friend and seeker. His name, uh, Jason uh, Rapich. Uh, you remember him. And I've had a lot of good comments about Jason's, uh, 
he opened himself up and he, he shared where he was. He's come out of Mormonism and how that can be a really uh, difficult path for many people because of all the things that Jason brought up. And uh, I had this comment forwarded to me. Uh, it's somebody who saw Jason's segment and he typed this in. If your feelings contradict the words of Jesus, are you willing to submit your feelings to him? This was talking to Jason. He wrote, a humble submission to the word of God is missing from these discussions, end quote. So let me take a, a deep breath before I try to respond to this person. Um, the writer says a humble submission to the word of God is lacking in these discussions that Jason and I had. According to who? Is that according to you? Are you the one who can tell another man if he is humbly submitting to the word of God or not? Are you sitting there and you can tell if he's doing that in his heart or in his life? Do you, do you know anything about Jason? Have you befriended him? And even if you have, do you know how much he actually does try to live by what the word of God says? Uh, or do you mean a humble submission to your views of what the Word of God says is missing in these discussions? Because that's typically what it is. That's what Erasmus said during the Reformation years. He said, yeah, yeah, Martin Luther is saying, yes, it's sola scriptura, sola scriptura, as long as people agree with my interpretation of scriptura. That's, how, that's what Erasmus said in criticism of Luther. They were, they're crying, yes, it's the scripture alone, it's the scripture alone, as long as you agree with my interpretation of scripture. See, this is one of the biggest issues with this beautiful faith today. Men and women like this guy somehow believe, they honestly believe that they can publicly decide who is humbly submitting to the word of God and not. And they don't include that there can be a difference of opinion. They think that they have it and they can tell a person, you're not this, you're not that. Do you somehow believe that Jesus is happy with you because you can pick on people and say they're not humbly submitting to the word of God? Do you, do you like policing the world of religion and, and looking for who is doing what right and who is doing what wrong and then correcting them publicly? Does God love you more in your mind because you do that to people? Uh, I, I better stop now. The new programs that are coming out on October 31st, 2017, are going right to the heart of this shit-talky stuff. Right to the heart of it. And it's going to get frickin' fun. It, I'm really excited for that to roll out. So stay tuned for that. Tell your friends, tune in, Heart of the Matter, Tuesday night, October 31st, or at least record it, and we can go from there. A couple of years ago, we got an email from our guest tonight, Steve Utley. He was, uh, I think at that time, living in Minnesota from our conversation that we just had, and uh, he explained a couple things about his background in music, and uh, he offered to help us out, actually, in music, which Cassidy uh, got in touch with Steve, and he was out in Minnesota, and then, and, then some, and then he moved to Colorado for a short period of time. He'll get into all that, but great 
mega skills in the music world, and he has brought that talent to the ministry, and we've been able to uh, take and, and abuse him and take some of his music skills and use it to our benefit in some of the uh, spots that you've seen, and a few other things. The show openers in October are the magical work of this guy. So, uh, but he brings more to, he's living now in Salt Lake City, he brings more to the game than just an ability in uh, uh, music. He brings a, he's our second guest that has never been LDS. And so I'm kind of fascinated, and I don't know this, how he tuned in to Heart of the Matter, and he did this, and when he did it. But first, Brother Steve, welcome. Tell us about your upbringing life as a Christian. All right, well, I, you kind of blew my joke. I was going to say I grew up in the church, and, and you know... Yeah, no, it was the uh, American evangelicalism that I grew up in, uh, non-denominational church. Um, and my whole family was Christian. Uh, my parents were going to that church uh, before I was born. Um, so uh, we were just raised there. And, you know, every Sunday, sometimes Saturday, we would go there. Mm. Um, and for me, uh, I always heard about Christ and the Bible and God from my mom. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'd pray before bed every oh. night, and so it was she, in the house. Too. It was definitely in the house. But, you know, she wanted us to be different. You know, spread the light at school, stuff like that. Mm. So, um, so that was always a big part of of, um, of our childhood. But um, for me, uh, I noticed just looking back and thinking about um, that time, uh, there was a definitely. Um, you know, I was a young kid, so it, it, I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. So there was a disconnect, even though I knew I knew about God and Christ um, since I'd heard about it all the time. Um, but I didn't uh, have that relationship. So mm. um, a lot of people um, will have that singular born-again experience, um, mm -hmm. and I never had that. Mm. Um, and that's another reason I was excited to be here, because I know there's a lot of people out there that haven't had this singular experience, mm. but they maybe have had a period of time where they've noticed the change just after it. You, you already Praise changed, God. you didn't know when. So that happened to me. Um, really quickly, in your uh, uh, early life Christian experience, was the singular experience uh, focused on? Have you been born again? Did they have altar calls and things like that? Yes. Uh -huh. Yes, there was that um, there. Uh, at the they didn't really have altar calls um, until I got to the youth ministry when I was old enough. So uh, I was too young to go there, but I saw some people with guitars go into that room and was like, what's that all about? Because I'd played guitar, so mm. that was kind of cool that these people were going in there my age, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, so once I turned that age, I did start going there, and my sisters went too. So, mm -hmm. Two um, sisters? Two sisters, yeah. Twin sister and older sister. A twin and older, both artists like you? Yes. Oh, very good. Continue. Okay. So, um, uh, once, uh, before I was going to that youth ministry, I was going to the church with uh, all the adults and stuff with my family because we had to go, otherwise, you know, you're in trouble. So, huh. so we all went. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of Sunday school, you know, for when I was really little. That was not my thing, making crafts and stuff. I didn't like it. So, uh, I was much more comfortable in the boring church. Huh. Um, but anyways, uh, we got to uh, the youth ministry, and that's really where um, I developed that relationship with Christ, huh. was through there, because uh, I could relate to what they were talking about more. It was geared more towards my age, so mm -hmm. it, a lot of it made more sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know um, that I was saved, because every time 
they would ask, are you saved? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I better uh, say the sinner's prayer 50 times mm. so I don't go to hell and yeah. burn. So that's just was in my mind that whole time. But then uh, eventually uh, I realized that I was, you know, walking through school at, in, I don't know what grade, but middle school, you know, walking around the school and just talking with God, you know, praying, like having a conversation about things, not talking to myself like a crazy person, but just in my head, yeah. you know, just praying. Um, and then I was like, oh, that makes sense now, relationship. Okay, so that's what that is. So that's when I realized that Got it. I, I was, um, I had that relationship. Awesome. So That's an important thing for a young man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and from that point on, did you notice a difference in your walk? Did it become more genuine, more authentic? Yeah, yeah, because um, before that, it was more um, my parents' rules that were translated to God's rules, right. uh, you know, so it was more like uh, if you don't listen to what mom's saying, you're, you know, you, you've yeah. done bad things and you're going to hell, sort of, you yeah. know, yeah. not that literal, but uh -huh. yeah, so um, after um, I had that relationship, yeah, it was more personal, and um, but... Uh, being in that church though they they there was a lot of guilt going on at the time too for just my sins and stuff and i didn't really know how to reconcile that because um i have always had kind of a rebellious spirit so to speak may not maybe not rebellious just for rebellious sake but wanted to be free as much as possible at all costs mm -hmm. and um you know as we know there's freedom in christ of course um, but there was sort of overtones of you have to do the right things almost. Um, even though they weren't explicitly saying that, there was just that spirit at, at church. Um, mm. And there, were, every time people would come up and share stuff, uh, they would be just saying how they they had all these problems and they were kind of ashamed of it and wanted to re repent almost. I see. So it was it, it was very um, it was kind of a big thing to resist sin. I see. So instead of um, just loving God and and focus on building that relationship and your sin you know starts to disappear as you yeah as you um, you know love more of course. I see so so the approach was focus on the sin more on the problem it was don't think of the Eiffel Tower they wouldn't say they wouldn't say that but yeah that's that's what it was got it so and so uh, so in your esti uh, estimation that is not a way to approach it knowing that the way you understand uh, no, the gospel now. it did nothing for me back then i was a teenage boy and and my uh you know parents were apart so my dad wasn't really in my life at that time so i didn't have that i was the only guy in the family you know there's my sister my two sisters and my mom and my mom was the the law bringer so <laughs> i'm i'm a teenage guy you know i yeah. i couldn't relate in that yeah. certain things that you know a dad would know yeah you know he just a stupid boy, yeah. you know. So that was kind of tough, and and it, the way that uh, church had um, had taught me, and and it didn't do anything for me because yeah. it just ended up with me, you know, feeling like an idiot and yeah. just, you know, full of shame, full yeah, of guilt, just guilt, and you know, the revolving door of repentance. Yeah, okay, yeah. now I'm gonna do this, and 20 minutes later, you exactly. I'm out. Yep, yeah. yep. And it, it didn't help that, uh, you know, my mom uh, was kind of strict at, at certain things, and yeah. I was, 
I just wasn't having it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, continue on. Um, so, uh, uh, oh yeah, so I was big into music at the time. So when I um, was in that youth ministry, uh, they had um, a big worship team and I thought that was super cool. They were playing rock music and it wasn't as old, or, old of style as the, um, the main congregation had. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool to see, you know, full drum set, people playing and, and you know, rock music. Mm -hmm. And they had like talent shows, they had concerts there, stuff like that. That was like awesome that I could see that. And um, I was into metal at the time and they had, you know, a metal band come and play and stuff, which is kind of weird. I wouldn't have expected that, but mm. that's what it was. So uh, I was pretty hooked to the events and stuff. It was really fun. And a lot of my main friends are from there. So mm -hmm. that's where I met a lot of my good friends. Um, but I, it was my goal to play in the worship band, so as, often, as soon as I could, I wanted to show them that I can play guitar, you know, without saying, hey, I play guitar, let me in the band. Mm -hmm. So at some talent show, I played guitar and stuff. But I was in middle school, and they didn't think I was uh, ready to be in the band, so they, and my sister too, my twin sister plays and sings as well, so we both kind of wanted to do that. My older sister at the time was was playing for mm. the band. So we were all just musicians trying to trying to, to play. So they made uh, me and my twin sister go to this, um, the really young kids. We had to play in this starter band, basically, that uh, uh, it was rough. They didn't have very good equipment, so it didn't ever sound good. So it felt like you could never, <laughs> you could never prove yourself because it was just all terrible. But um, it, it was rough because I just I really wanted to just play for that band. I knew, you know, so that was my goal. But we had to do that for a while. And go then through the training camp. Go through the training camp, right? Work your way up. Exactly. Kind of test, test and make sure you can do it. Then we, I ended up, you know, we ended up going on mm -hmm. um, to the, that uh, worship team. And that was fun and good. And that was really the only reason. It wasn't the only reason because they had um, camps and things that I liked doing at the church and my mm -hmm. friends were there. But that's a lot of why I, what I liked doing at mm -hmm. church was playing the music. Mm -hmm. So, And um, I was telling you before um, that thing that kind of was weird was seeing um, seeing people have to take a break from playing in front of people because they had some sin in their life that they were struggling with and then would maybe maybe told the pastor about it and and uh, he strongly encouraged them to take a few weeks off you know because you're leading people in worship so your heart's not in the right place and because they was, fell into some sort of sin of some sort of sin yeah so there was kind of that going on too. This, uh, for those of you at home and those who've been LDS, know that that smacks of the the people who can't go in do baptisms for the dead at the temple, who sit outside while their friends go in in the Mormon church and can't pass the sacrament for a few weeks. You know <laughs> that that kind of thing, that announcement that they make. And we were talking. Isn't it interesting that who on this earth, who on this earth is worthy to stand up and lead a group? Who? I want to know their name, really. I mean, either in thought, let alone action, let alone action. I mean, who is justifying the fact that they don't have any moral problem? Because that's what we're almost always talking about. Drugs, alcohol are a moral problem. Uh, they may not have that, but maybe they're a jerk. 
which is far worse, it seems like, from Scripture in God's eyes when someone's a jerk to be up there. But you can have jerks who will lead congregations day and night. But boy, if they do a moral problem two weeks out, you know. That's absolutely correct. Unbelievable. I watched that happen so, so much. Wow. And, and yeah, and I wasn't playing for the big congregation or everything. I was in high school, so I was just playing for the, um, the youth worship team. But I know that in that um, main congregation, I'm certain they had rules that were written out, I'm sure. Um, Signed agreements? I'm sure they did, yeah. They were very structured. That whole church was very structured. It was pretty, uh, medium to big you know, church. So they had a lot of different programs, um, you know, kids programs and adult groups and el church elders, boards and stuff. So they were very structured, that place. So that's called Plain Church. Yes. You got to sign that, you do the thing. I could not think of a, a better place for a masturbating, drinking kid than up in front of the group playing music for the <laughs> church. I could not think of a better place for that kid because at least he's, he's getting something. Yeah. That ought to be what they sign, that as long as you are involved in those things, you can be in the band. <laughs> when you stop, you got to go sit in the audience. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's unbelievable how we think about this stuff. I'm going to have to make a PowerPoint. Yeah, a PowerPoint. Yeah. Present it to some, some, some people. I mean, if I, was, if I was a boy again, just think, if we had a bunch of teens, that's how you'd want. If you were, into, if you were over the shepherding the youth, wouldn't you want to grab those ones who are really struggling with their flesh, which really is a battle for especially boys, but girls too, and just get them involved, you know, and stop this worthiness BS. Yeah, well, and here's the thing too. Um, of course, you know, those who are weak in the flesh, um, you know, may not ha have as hard time in the spirit, even though they are weak in the flesh. But right. those that are great in the flesh, they might have a lot of, you know, sin problems in their heart. And that's what it would end up producing when you had to be worthy to be on stage. You felt better than everyone else because yeah. you're up there, you know, I'm the man playing up here, yeah. you know, and, and I didn't get kicked off. And The law makes you proud. Yeah, that's what it was. It was just yeah. the law. And it, and. I, nobody says this to those people, so I'm sure the leaders don't know that this is even happening mm. because it hasn't maybe been presented to them that way before, but because they weren't, it's not like they were teaching mm -hmm. the law, but mm -hmm. that's just what happens when, yeah. you know, they weren't overtly teaching it, but. Yeah. It, uh, I can't happening. remember what chapter it is. I think it's in Matthew uh, where it talks about the worthiness of bass players who are under, under uh, who are teenagers. I can't not remember what <laughs> that <laughs> It's not this way. Yeah, I looked quick, couldn't find it. Oh, uh, you know, it just kills me. It just kills me. So keep going. So then what did you start seeing? And, and how on earth did you come around to know the show? And Okay, yeah, so that's an interesting story. So um, just some stuff with my family um, had been happening when I was going through high school, you know, with my parents split apart and the... Uh, leaders in the church way out of line trying to step in that family thing and and police us essentially because mm -hmm. they were very uh, structured mm -hmm. controlling sort of um, so we ended up I ended up moving schools we ended up moving schools and we just had enough of that that church and just mm -hmm. you know I'd seen friends parents get kicked out because they didn't agree with um, with the with the main pastor yeah. so they got kicked out and then my friends left and it was it was just not cool mm. so we left there i started going to a different church that was actually out of a movie theater mm. and um 
that was kind of cool because it was a really small group, mm -hmm. um, and I I was playing worship for them too. I was doing drums. Um, I knew some of the musicians that went there, and it was just really fun because it, it was more of a um, it was just a it was just a cooler approach to it. It wasn't so you know structured big institution type thing. Mm -hmm. It was really small and and intimate type group. So that was cool. But um, at that point, so how I found the show. Um, Before you do, I will go pick that up. Okay. But if you, because you're 21, you're a young guy still. Mm -hmm. But you know that they put young guys like you over youth ministries. So if you were over a youth ministry at a church today, and you had the ear of pastors, and you have the ear of your friends who are watching now, and other mm -hmm. kids who will be watching in the future, how would you run a youth ministry? How would you, you how would you guide the leadership? Uh, knowing what you know now and how you see the faith now, how would you run the approach to kids? Well, um, a lot of youth pastors probably have, you know, this training in, in the, w the way they think they should be teaching mm -hmm. these kids, and they kind of have um, specific uh, things that are kind of cliche to say almost, that, mm. that they say a lot. So I would just bring them a more realistic approach to things mm -hmm. and a more honest way, because it feels... Um, it feels like you're n they're not being honest when mm. they have this whole presentation type approach to things. Mm. I, I would just talk normal to people, mm. you know, and mm -hmm. and try to deconstruct all of these um, levels and leaders and groups and things and all mm. this structure stuff. I would just get rid of because it 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 might be might make your church bigger because you have different programs and parents like that with mm. the kids and you know. But it's, I don't think it does much good compared to if you just took a more reasonable approach and, mm. and um, dumbed down all of that extra stuff. That doesn't matter. Just get down to business, you know? How, how radical do you think it would be for pastors, parents, youth leaders, all the whole church to take whatever kid is in there and emphasize to them day and night, God loves you so much as you are, he gave his son who took care of your sin, and let's just work on you believing him. That, that'd be huge. I think it would be huge. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. And I, no matter what they come with, but, but I did this. Well, yeah. They, that, Look that, at the pictures. <laughs> it's okay. He still, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to throw up. He still loves you. you know? I mean, <laughs> no matter what they bring to the table, God loves you so much. Yes. He gave his son. And your sins are covered. Do you yeah. believe in him? Yeah. Yeah. And they and they did um, to their uh, credit. They did have that in there, um, but there were also things that that weren't like that that were the opposite. So they, it was confusing. Because it's always the it, it, it's it confusing. Al they always know? throw that in there. Yeah. And it's like just don't keep it simple. Yeah. Come on. We need to love, and we need to believe. It's yeah. very simple. Yeah. Focus on your relationship with Christ. And you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, this stuff goes away when you focus on that. If you're looking um, from the outside, you know, looking at the outside, it doesn't do anything. It just does not work. But if yeah. you look from the inside out, it works Amen. most times. You, it might take a little while, but it, it works. It works yeah. in time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a more honest way because if you're focused on the flesh, then you're, you might make it look good on the outside, you know. That, that's what I did. Yeah. I tried to look holy as... Yeah holy can be but you know you got to do it the other way and that's that's what mormonism is that's what religion is mm -hmm. you know it always winds up with and kids are smart man they know how to adapt quick better yeah. than adults probably 
they know how to look the right, or they know how to look real bad just to be <laughs> rebels. Yeah, yeah. I, you just don't let the rebels get away with it. Yeah. Go ahead, rebel. Come on, man, rebel. Yeah. You just let it. Just, oh, I'm so tired of rebelling. You're like, oh, this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't even care that I'm rebelling? I know. What's this? How about this tattoo? <laughs> nice. Cool, tattoo, man. <laughs> to the face. Do yeah, the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. but wait. Uh, okay, so the show, how did you come to know it? Um, Out so, there in Minnesota. Yep, so I had uh, friends that were LDS. So uh, after our youth group things, we would go out, um, a, a small group of us, our friends would go to Applebee's for mm. half-off appetizers. It was just the thing we did. It was really fun. Um, and uh, one of the guys that went brought his friends who happened to be LDS, and uh, one of my good friends um, at the time was LDS as well. So I had some LDS friends, and um, I got to know these two. They were uh, brother and sister. Or maybe they're watching. Hi, guys. But uh, they, uh, they're LDS. And I, I grew up near, um, you know, uh, I don't know, the LDS church, I guess. It was right near the Ward neighborhood. House. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. Uh, I grew up near that, so I had asked my, mo uh, my mom that question, what are they? And she kind of gave us a basic answer. But um, So I kind of knew about it, but not very much. So I just wanted to know more. So. Mm. And also a little bit, like I wanted to prove that they're wrong and stuff, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I looked up on YouTube, just um, Mormon Christian debate, you know, Mormon versus Christian, that, mm. the, the stuff that you YouTube when you're curious about it. And I found the show mm. and it was so entertaining that mm. I could not stop watching. Mm. And uh, yeah, and it was just, yeah, that's, that's mm. how. Wow. So, and I made the mistake of before I, uh, first of all, I was never LDS, so I shouldn't have even been talking to this, these people about that, but I tr tried to, you know, stand up for the faith and mm. say this and that. It didn't work. Mm. It never, it just didn't work. I didn't know enough and I didn't, wasn't showing enough love, I don't think, so. Are they, no. if, are they still LDS, though, yep. too? Yep, and, they live here. And they, be, oh, they live here? Yep. You ever see them socially? Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, if they're watching tonight, what would you say now after that first attempt by... Sorry. <laughs> I was an idiot. I was a, I was a kid, so... Uh, he all, was a all, kid. All I ever want to do is uh, show the love of Christ. That's all I ever want to do now. Amen, so brother. That's all I will do. Yeah, and I'm sure they see that. And after that, I didn't try again. I was like, all right, I need to just not and just well, be good. loving. It's yeah. really nice that you're still friends with them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're good friends. By the way, as a, a, a shameless plug, not for Applebee's, by the way, <laughs> we are giving a shameless plug for his Dynamics Guitar Academy. We're having a graphic problem. It's DynamicsGuitarAcademy.com. We're having a graphic problem, DynamicsGuitarAcademy.com. That's Steve's uh, business. I've been over there. We've done some audio stuff, uh, I work with Steve. It's a beautiful studio. It's ready to uh, be used by you guys who want to learn to play the guitar. And if you want to learn to play the guitar by someone, learn from the shredder. That's who he is, the shredder. This guy, <laughs> he can play anything, and he can teach you how to play anything you want. So there's your shameless plug. Thank you. Yeah, and it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so suddenly, you're here. Suddenly, I'm here, yes. Uh, what, do you want me to explain how? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so there was just job things kind of that led me here actually. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, owned my own business back in Minnesota for two years. Um, some regulations were uh, coming down to the industry and I just 
would be okay if something came along and I happened to get out of it, and that's what happened. My Can mom, you tell us what business it was? Yeah, it was a vape shop. Now, is there a uh, is there any kind of friction between being a believer and vaping? Um, depends on what you vape. Uh, yeah, depends on what you vape. But no, uh, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of Christians actually in that community, you know, because a lot of people say, you know, nicotine's bad if you smoke, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. That's just the attitude, even mm -hmm. though it's not true. Mm -hmm. But um, so there was a lot. It was a very um, secular. Thing to, there's a lot of people that weren't Christians were there, and that was I, I liked that experience. Um, mm. I have good friends from that, and uh, it was I, I got a lot of insight to how they view Christians and Christianity and mm. church and the dumb things that churches do and Isn't all that. Isn't it funny how we're seen? And it's crazy because they almost always um, any people that aren't. Christians look at it like everybody's a Baptist or a Catholic, mm. and it, they don't, um, they just, yeah, that's just kind of the stereotype almost. Yeah. So they look at it with those eyes, and they, they don't, they've never heard maybe a, a reasonable approach to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, when I was talking to them about this stuff, I tried to at least, you know, mm -hmm. hint at it, give them certain things um, to talk about that were more reasonable. So in some ways, the, the vape shop was a missional outreach to uh, those who don't know Christ, and they get a view of Christianity that they did not expect. Yes, yeah. and, it, and it was subtle because I didn't want to um, scare people away, of course. Yeah. Uh, I don't want, I've never been the guy to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I just let it come up naturally, mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it there. But uh, so that's kind of what I was doing, just being myself. Really wonderful. But no kickback from uh, the Christian friends who knew you? Uh, no, not from the friends, but maybe their parents were telling them. Uh, my, one of my buddies from that, actually, well, my youth leader, uh, he actually came and bought a vape and the whole setup from me. Just, wow. He was just trying to support me, but I thought it was kind of nice. Kinda nice. Yeah. Um, but my buddy's mom was saying, he's selling poison. No, go, he's selling poison now like uh, I don't know just yeah, yeah. saying things like that but yeah. I didn't really care it doesn't bother me yeah it's really interesting I I really have a personal disdain for anything that comes out like smoke from someone's mouth I, mm -hmm. I personally but I think it's because I have breathing problems it just I just can't stand it but I have discovered some of the best people on earth are smokers mm -hmm. I mean they are I, we as Christians you look at them and you're like you got something wrong with you, but <laughs> really, they are so salt of the earth. That's what I noticed um, at that place. I met some of the best people ever. Yeah. At, it was great. Um, and, I mean, these people were quitting smoking, so yeah. they were doing that. So that was kind of a different um, a aspect of it, too. But, um, yeah, some great people. Yeah. Some great people. Yeah. And not really Christian. It was very separate from my Christian friends, so. That's kind of interesting. So you have the shop back there. Regulations made you change. You started. You started to come out west. Uh, yes. So uh, I moved to Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs, uh, to work for my stepdad uh, at his Red Wing shoe stores. Mm -hmm. And I was going to uh, work there and hopefully open up my own store and do that. But um, I just realized I didn't like it. But since I was in Colorado, I was pretty close to here, and mm. I'd been watching the show at that time for about six years or so. Um, mm. So I, I uh, and since I was so close, I was like, why not? I'll just drive out and for a few days and 
and check it out. So I drove out here. Remember I, when you did? I, yep, I loved it. And I remember you asking me, uh, oh, so are you moving out here? And I was thinking to myself, no way. Why would I even do that? That's huh. silly. I don't want to move here. <laughs> and, then, and then a couple days later, you know, I, I was like, well, you know, this place is actually pretty sweet. I like this place. Um, huh. So then I came up with the plan to move out here, started the guitar lesson studio, and here Tremendous. I am. Made it happen. I just had to save up money. So. So how have, how have you shifted in your mind? Uh, you've been coming to campus for a while. You know that we, uh, we of course, teach the Bible and love the Word, but we also believe people should believe how they want to believe, and mm -hmm. whatever your opinion is, that's your opinion. But um, how have you shifted personally in your views? What were you thinking growing up as a Christian all those years, and then, you, uh, and then now? Um, and then how would you also share with the audience what, what you would like to impart to them about what you've learned. Yeah, well, I was certainly more judgmental and focused on the actual church that I was going to. I went to multiple different churches, some crazy ones with all kinds of stuff. So um, I've kind of seen a lot of different, um, you know, attitudes towards church. And I couldn't, uh, I mean, subjective Christianity is the way to go all the way. I'm sold on it now because I mean it's the way it ought to be it just is um, yeah. because it doesn't it doesn't divide people um, so before you know I get mad at people for doing this or that or I I was such a jerk because mm -hmm. I, I just I didn't know any better that's what I had seen other people do and mm -hmm. um, but I've just become a lot more accepting of you know whatever people are going to believe they're going to believe and there's definitely nothing you can say that's going to change that they're mm -hmm. going to be set in their ways they have they have to work it out with the lord yeah so um you know th that's the way to do it for mm -hmm. sure and just say what you're gonna say to them but i mean don't judge them for something they might believe that you don't and so uh if if we had for instance the pastors of of the valley tuning in tonight mm. and they could uh, beam into us their thoughts I can tell you right now, they would be like, yeah, this is insane. This is an objective faith, and you teach the." But what is the principle that you're trying to share behind the uh, uh, subjective faith? Is that you're trusting God to handle it in their life? Yes, because, uh, yeah, the truth is going to be objective, of course, but we don't know that. We can't, how, you can't, there's so many differing opinions on so many different things that if you say this is the way, well, what about the, the thousand other people that say their way is the way mm -hmm. and y there is definitely objective truth i'm not saying there isn't mm. but we we don't know what it is and we're all learning different things at different rates so mm. um you know you i'm sure there's something that you believed that at one point that you don't believe now and mm -hmm. it changes so uh, maybe they're in that place where they believe something mm -hmm. that they won't you know in a month or so and they'll be on your side with what you're saying or whatever you know you can't say that the, it's objective. It's just, you can't approach it that way, at yeah. least. I'm curious, being as young as you are, do you find it difficult to embrace people who voice opinions that are contrary to yours, or maybe opinions you once held that you've uh, maybe abandoned, and now they're still there? Do you find yourself kind of like... Yeah, a little bit. I, uh, I'll maybe just interject, just in a nice way. I'm not going to, you know flip out or anything I'll just say hey, have you ever thought about this or hey and I'll do it in a funny way typically mm -hmm. just because I I'm not gonna cause conflict like that because that that's pointless doesn't do anything mm -hmm. um, but yeah every once in a while I'll, it'll it'll 
it'll get me. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough. It isn't bugs it? me. You yeah, know, it's hard. It just bugs me. But it and it's because I think I'm right. But you know, maybe I'm not. So. Yeah. Good, very good. I could, I've met Rick and Wendy, your parents, mm -hmm. and I've met uh, one of your, your twin. Twin sister, yeah. And I met her husband. Yes. Uh, have your views, because your mom was kind of the lawgiver, mm -hmm. and your mom and dad were separated during a chunk of your teen years, mm -hmm. most of them. So did, has your mom? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's well, watching tonight. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. Uh, so, the beauty of all this, actually, you know, the Lord's put all these things that have happened to me in the perfect order. It, like with all the guests, I mean, as you, you can see it, it's just worked out to where they're at now, and it's it's great. Yeah. But um, through all of the things that my mom's gone through, you know, she had to deal with me as a son. So, you know, while she started being very much like this, I think at a point she became very, um, she granted me the freedom wow. that I wanted, which... Um, she's become very, very much more open. She doesn't um, really consistently attend the church right now, mm -hmm. and that's where kind of all our whole family was at for a while. Mm -hmm. So, we're, um, she's very open to a yeah. lot of different things. But and she's very um, founded in scripture, so yeah. she's got a good base. Sounds so. like a good mom. Absolutely. I, I learned that from uh, Mary. Is that uh, I started off with our kids kind of being like this. And then slowly, this kind of... It was probably worse for my older sister, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was rough for her, but um, also that they were both girls, though, so that it was easier to almost, I feel like, relate. Mm -hmm. uh, guys have different problems than girls do. Mm -hmm. so it's Any message you want to give to the young folk, to your friends? Anything you want to uh, say that you haven't said? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, there, I was going to share a bunch of different stuff about different churches I did and all the stuff that went wrong, but there's no point. Um, there's, there's always going to be that, so I'm sure people have had similar experiences like that. But I just wanted to tell people, um, bottom line is, um, Jesus said that his kingdom's not of this world. Um, if it were, servants would fight, but it's not from here. So don't put your faith and trust and all of who you are into an earthly kingdom. Um, and you see that a lot with Mormonism because it's big focus is on the physical church. But um, even in Christianity, um, you know, whatever denomination you're at, um, it's easy to get really wrapped up in the physical, um, you know, the events and the, and the, the, the just the lifestyle that, that comes with that. So don't put your faith in that. His kingdom's not of this world. Um, it's a spiritual kingdom, so trust that. Excellent. Excellent thought. And uh, we, being a youth show tonight, are going to do what youth love. We're going to end early. So we will see you next week with Mallory McCraney here on Heart of the Matter. Thanks, brother. I'm on the ride. Going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out I'm going in This man's awake A storm's arising the dawn's waiting till a hundred monkeys.
can feel the 